What's up, everybody? I'm Willie from S3 Magazine. The dude in the green shirt is Mike from S3 Magazine. Thank you for joining us again for this S3 podcast. Uh, We're going to talk about, I guess, the crazy markups that are going on in uh, the new mark in the new mark market, the new car market right now, and uh, and 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 how particularly Ford and GM are trying to combat that because um, they are trying. Um, Basically, they're kind of taking different approaches on it. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to start it off? Yeah. So uh, it was it was it was kind of a slow news day over the weekend. I was trying to figure out, you know, what was going on. And this has been a problem that's been going on for shit. I mean, years now uh, of how to control not just the used car market, but the new car market. I mean, these automotive manufacturers have really been I, I kind of blame everybody. Everybody wants to immediately take the the, the the dealership and throw them out the window. And they are definitely to blame for a lot of the markups. At the same time, I understand a lot of their pain. They've got these massive buildings with huge staffs. Uh, everybody needs to be paid salaries. The lights need to be kept on. The rent has to be paid and they have to continue buying cars that they can then resell. Um, you can't do that when your manufacturer is not supplying you with a lot full of cars. So what they have to do is they have to maximize profit. Well, I understand that to a point, but these little bastards have gotten super, super, super greedy. And it's become a, a just increasingly, increasingly just massive problem. And it's kind of reached a, a bit of a fever pitch. So Ford and GM issued statements of how they're going to be dealing with it. And I'll get into it a little bit more later. They're, they're kind of dealing with, uh, they're both dealing with the same problems. They're kind of, their solution is combating different problems though. So Ford, for example, the first thing that they did, they wanted to clamp down on the dealerships and make these guys play ball and do stuff the Ford way and try to get back to as close to MSRP as possible when it comes to selling these vehicles. And what they're basically doing is they they have, because it was a little bit of a blurry line before, they have redefined what it means to be uh, a dealer, a broker, and a reseller. And they basically just encompassed it all into the same thing. Because one of the loopholes that a lot of these dealerships were doing, well, I say a lot. I don't know how many firsthand. I've just heard a lot of stories of what these guys are doing. But allegedly, what was happening was these dealers were buying the cars from Ford, okay? And then they were getting them and then basically transferring uh, the title, the ownership of certain vehicles from the dealership to the broker or the reseller or whatever you want to call it. It's basically just an entity within the dealership, uh, a little bit of a shell company, we'll call it. And what they were doing was once you do that, once the car is no longer owned by the dealership, the Ford back dealership, then at that point, they can go forward and give it any type of insane markup that they want without repercussions from Ford. Plus, I mean, all the laws and everything that's out there uh, for Ford, the states really, really back the dealerships, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff. So the dealerships have really had a lot of the power um, when it comes to these markups and and how Ford can control it. Well, the market's absolutely out of control and it's affecting the entire economy because it's so far out of control. So it's got to get real back in. The U.S. government is doing their thing to try to rein everything back in. They they just increased uh, Prime another three uh, 
three quarters of a percentage point the other day, which was kind of not talked about in the news at all, which is kind of insane to me because that's a really massive deal. It's like the the biggest increase since like the 1980s, and they've done it twice in the last two months. Okay, it's not like a one-time thing. They're doing it a lot, um, and it's kind of scary because that's the type of stuff that can absolutely just crash an economy once it kind of hits that tipping point, and all of a sudden nobody qualifies for loans anymore. Anyway, we'll get to that later. Back to the car stuff. So, yeah, so that's what Ford is doing. Basically, Ford is trying to put pressure on their dealers to actually play by the rules and sell these cars the way that they're supposed to be sold. Now, that's all fine and dandy and, and great and everything, but none of this works if Ford cannot begin manufacturing fast enough to actually fill these dealerships with cars. That's where this whole big flaw in the plan is. It's great to get them to play ball and to actually bring the prices down to where they're supposed to be, but it's not going to work <laughs> at all unless you can actually fill those dealerships with cars. It's simple supply and demand. So I'm rooting for you, Ford, but you better get your ass in gear when it comes to manufacturing. Well, GM, um, go ahead. Let me talk about, I think Ford, you know, like we said before, they're very much an open book, an open book right now because everything is changing so fast. Um, the most recent thing I saw, they don't want to fill the dealerships with a bunch of new cars anymore. Um, kind of in this post COVID whatever mindset, you know, they've kind of started thinking, okay, well, we have to keep the dealers because the dealers are protected through, I don't know, licensing, legal things, unions. I don't know what it is, but they have a lot of leverage. Um, so they do have to keep the dealers. He does think Jim Farley, the CEO, that that puts them at a disadvantage compared to somebody like Tesla at about the cost of $2,000 per car by the time you ship it to the dealer and it goes to the dealer. Um, so he's trying to combat that to stay um, competitive uh, in the EV space. And so, you know, he, he, they're talking about dealerships with virtually no inventory. So you have a few spotlight models or whatever. Um, people can come in and experience the model, crawl around it, test drive it. And then they want you to either go home and order online and it will be shipped, I guess, to the dealership, maybe ultimately even your home. But again, legally, they can't really totally cut out the dealers, they're finding. Um, or the other thing is you go, OK, so I want this one, but I want it to be green with the sage interior or whatever. And, and so then the guy at the dealership will basically fill out the Internet for you and then go ahead and order the car and take some sort of a cut, less than 2000 but enough to still be profitable. That's what Ford's thinking right now. Um, I yeah. don't know. I, you know. I don't know if that plan's going to work. It, it, it's like you said at the very beginning, you nailed it, and it's worth restating. This is nobody's fault and everybody's fault. This is, this is things that people have done stupidly that's coming around to bite them, and there's a lot of greed at play. And it's also just world circumstances that are very unfortunate in ill time. There's just a lot of stuff at play. And there are great, honest dealerships, and there are shady dealerships. And ultimately, it's up to you as you know a competent human being to do business with the good ones and to stay away from the shady ones. So it is a very complicated issue with a lot of gray area. Um, but... 
yeah, I mean, what we're experiencing right now is is huge demand for these cars, no supply. The dealership has to keep the lights on. I mean, those are big buildings with a lot of real estate and a lot of employees and working parts and service centers and all this stuff. And they're trying to stay, remain in business. So, I mean, yes, supply and demand, the cost is going to go up on these cars. Then again, when they're putting 100% markup on a Ford Lightning, you know, a $70,000 car is going for 140 grand, literally 140 grand in some cases. That's unethical. You know, I, I know of a personal case um, uh, here at a local dealership where somebody had ordered the new Bronco, you know, a year ago, a year or more ago. Um, and the Bronco finally came in and he was taking delivery of it. He was in the dealership. And of course, they're congratulating him on finally getting his Bronco. And he said, I'll be honest with you, I'm taking this thing directly to CarMax because they're going to pay me X amount of dollars over what I'm buying it for right now, and it'd be stupid not to. Now, greed has taken over. I don't think he intended to do that. When he ordered the Bronco, I'm sure, like hundreds, if not thousands of other people, he wanted to, to he wanted the Bronco. But as the course of things have changed and this has all played out, he, you know, he said, be honest with you, I'm gonna go take this straight over here. They made me an offer I can't refuse. The dealership then said, we will pay you, let's just say $5,000 right now to not do that and to just walk away, let us keep the car. And so he said, okay, I'll do that. And then the dealership turned around, marked it up $10,000 and parked it at the front of the dealership on one of the rocks looking all cool. Like that is, to me, that's just unethical shit. You know what I mean? Like that's just, it, I mean, I understand survival, but um, I mean, it's, it's, it's price gouging at that point. Um, it's a common a couple of things i feel like especially since like short format video stuff has started to become so big here in the u.s with tiktok and reels and everything like seriously how many times as you're scrolling through the day do you see some guy going see how i became a millionaire in these five easy steps and you're just berated with this crap i swear to god ever since crypto and nfts became like a big part of life. Everybody out there who does any type of selling work, Gary Vanderchuk, you know, ever since this stuff has come out, everybody out there who does any type of sales or marketing thinks that they are just a freaking Wall Street wolf. And they just want to go out there and they, they smell blood in the water. And they want to just, I mean, the only way that they know how to do it is, oh, I bought it for this amount. Let's just see how much we can get for it. It's never the business plan is to make 20% or 30% margin. That's the real way business people do do work. These guys just, you know, try to see what they can get away with because it's all a big fun game to them. But the worst part of the whole equation, the thing that just screws it up for everybody is there's a bunch of assholes out there who are actually willing to pay these ridiculous prices because a free market dictates that a good or service is only worth what some idiot is willing to pay. And as long as there's idiots out there willing to stroke the check and make the monthly payments, guess what we all have to do? Pay the same damn amount. Two points. Um, before I forget, the first point, when you walk in there and you see an, a price adjustment, they are bending you over. Like, and, and you're accepting it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not even a matter of like, 
how much can you afford to spend? It's a matter of principle at some point. Like they are just blatantly going, the price is $59,000 plus $15,000 because fuck you. And then it's like, so here it is. Here's the price, you know? And it's just like, wow, you are just really taking it up the tailpipe and then posting it online and bragging that you just got blatantly hosed. And in the process, you're really screwing those of us that can't afford the extra markup on these things or don't want to do it. And then a side note to that, when you were talking about, um, you know, just people being blatantly, shamelessly greedy about this stuff and just there's no high road. It would be nice to see some high road in this. Um, I saw something. Now, this was a, a used car. This was on Marketplace. Um, and it was like a, a early model Boxster S that I was looking at. And I was like, huh, I recognize that picture. And then I opened it and I looked at the description. He goes, yeah, so uh, I don't know. It's a Boxster S. And it literally said blah, blah, or it said Lapis blue, rare color, blah, blah, blah. Look, I just bought this car for $10,000 off of this guy, and I'm just trying to flip it for fifteen. That was his. That was his whole thing. He said, "I got this guy down to ten. I'm trying to get fifteen for it. It hasn't had the IMS done, so buyer beware. It is what it is. I don't know nothing about it. I'm literally using his photos." And I was just like, "Dude, take a walk like that. That is just such a dick move." And to not process the fact that you're just being, or to not care, to be so shameless about it is just bugging me, man. And that's the attitude. They're confusing being savvy investors with just being a dick, yeah. you know? And it is not the same thing. I'm not going to lie. I, I've never heard that story until just now. I hope that guy loses his ass on that car. I hope the IMS goes out before he gets a chance to sell it and he just absolutely loses his ass. You know yeah. what I just realized? I, I kind of told the problem. I never said what Ford was actually going to do. Um, so there's stuff that they're they're actually implementing here is not very groundbreaking or huge. No. But what you mentioned earlier, that they're basically going to curtail your allotment. So if you break the rules one time, then they basically say those specialty cars, because this is mostly for the specialty cars, the hard-to-get stuff. The, the 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 Shelbys, the Lightnings, the Machis, the, the highly sought after but hard to get vehicles. Basically, if you get caught price gouging uh, on any of these, then basically they, they cut your allotment for the next year, um, like in half, I think they said. And then if you do it twice, you get busted with your hand in the cookie jar. You don't get that specialty car at all for like at least the next one to two years. So I think a good little deterrent for the dealerships to maybe start doing the right thing in my on paper on paper. But in reality, if you're one of these big dealerships or you're like a Hendrick and you have dealerships in multiple, you know, cities and States and come on, really? Like, I don't know the industry that well, but I feel like you can do what you want to do because you can leverage the 20,000 Ford Escapes that you sold last month across all your... I mean, what is, Ford's really going to slap your hand and you're going to be like, really? Really? You want to piss me off? Did you, you see how many of your cars that I sold this quarter or whatever? Like, it's a bold statement. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's, it's a strong arm little move and it sounds good when they say it on a news story, but like, can you really enforce it? You know? 
I don't know. I think that they will enforce it in egregious cases. Like for example, that dealership that did the 100% markup on that mm-hmm. lightning that uh that became e famous where it was yeah. like forty thousand dollar lightning. They will probably get the big pop on the hand, but most other dealerships will probably walk and get away with it. Yeah. Okay. So GM GM's taken uh, a different approach. I mean, they uh, I'm pretty sure they're also following that approach, but they're taking it a step further. Um, and, and I'm just going off memory here. So if, if I'm off, just fill in the gaps, but, um, they're basically saying for, um, you know, the enthusiast cars for the desired cars, like the Z06 and the Escalade, uh, V that's coming out in the Hummer, um, for cars like that, um, what they are saying they're going to do is for anybody, they're going after the customer. So they're kind of going more after the guy who puts in the deposit and and basically goes mine mine and grabs the car knowing that they're going to sell it as soon as they get it for a profit that savvy investor so what they're saying is okay you sell the car within a year of ownership we're going to void the warranty on that car and it's kind of like a ballsy move but it's like what really cuz you're you're punishing the second owner for the first owner's greed mm-hmm. which is messed up but they're doing it in in hopes that it will deter those first buyers from from being greedy and from basically doing you know pulling this stunt, and hopefully to deter the second owner from actually pulling the trigger and making that deal. It, yeah, it's- so it'll it'll drive the price down, <laughs> and then it'll make this whole activity of hoarding the cars and buying you know putting the deposits in and all that. It'll kind of yeah in theory, curb that because the value won't be there on the other end. It's funny because like, I kind of got a little bit of a firsthand glimpse into these shenanigans, specifically with GM the other day. Uh, My old high school roommate, or not high school, my old college roommate, um, I went and hung out with him on the lake two weekends ago, and he was all excited telling me he he just, he had ordered a uh, a new GM truck and he was super excited about it. It was a fully decked out, awesome model and everything. And um, he was checking the status of his order and it showed that he had two vehicles on order under his name. And he called up the dealership and he was like, what the hell is this, man? What was going on here? And they were playing it off like, oh, it's it must be a mistake, must be a mistake. Turns out what the dealer was trying to do because it was like one of the hot trucks, one of the hard to get trucks, they were basically lying to gm and saying well he <laughs> he ordered two we we're, we're gonna we're gonna he's gonna buy two from us and um what they were gonna do was sell him the one get the allotment for the other one so that they actually have a nice awesome truck on the lot that they can go sell for a crazy markup well he called their bluff and said uh good thing for me my wife is a dentist and very rich and so we're gonna buy both trucks and so now he is going to buy the second truck and flip it. <laughs> so it's just it's just freaking games all around, man. It's everybody just playing bullshit games. Well, and that is, you know, in GMs, maybe I should look at this. Like, they had a good way of wording it. You know, they, they're like, dude, these games are killing the buying experience. It's killing our brand image, and it's killing the buying experience, and it's keeping – either the loyal, the brand loyal people and important for us, the enthusiasts from being able to buy these cars. There's a lot of truth in that. A lot of times the enthusiasts, I mean, 
you know, we may or may not be rich assholes and rich dudes. Like a lot of times we just really want a car. And when you get bulldozed by these guys trying to seize an opportunity or whatever, it does hurt the buying experience. It does deter the sale. You do go, man, screw this. And, you know, I don't even want to play this game because it's frustrating and I'm getting screwed and it's not fun anymore. I'm not excited about this. And so GM is realizing that and saying, yo, no, this is not how you know, we want our buying experience to be, This is, you know, so, um, you know, a friend of mine made a, a, a good point on a comment, though, and they, he was like, end of the day, it's just wrong. He was like, it's just wrong. That warranty is is been bought. You know, it is in the price of the car. It has been purchased. Think of it as an item on the car, not just the warranty that you can't touch. They have no right to take it back. I understand why they're trying to do it, but it's, you know, they're, they're overstepping by doing it. It's a good point. I agree. I, I see what GM is trying to do here. I don't see how that would possibly hold up in a court of law. You take a, a brand new Z06, first own, owner puts a thousand miles on it, flips it, sells it for a $20,000 profit. Mechanically and electronically, everything, everything on that vehicle is still perfectly fine. Nothing happened except for a change in paperwork, a change in ownership. Yeah. I don't see how any judge in the U.S. would then rule that, yep, that's totally totally fine. Warranty's voided. There's no way. I don't see how I can hold up. I mean, there's, there's life scenarios. There's, you know, somebody could say my situation changed. I've got a kid on the way. Got to sell a Z06. I lost my job. Got to sell the Escalade V. You know, whatever. All these various reasons. I mean... You cannot make somebody keep a car mm -hmm. unless they sign their life away on the front end. I know with the four GTs and some of that, you know, high-end Ferraris and stuff, they go here, sign this, this, and this. This is a contract. This is a commitment to keep the car. That's different. Um, but see, all signs are pointing, you know, you're right. Whether it's Ford trying to just be real tough to their dealers, you know, or whether it's... Um, GM trying to act tough to the people that are buying the cars, uh, knowing that they're buying them to flip them. Like all of these aren't real remedies. I don't think it's attempts, you know, it's attempts to say, hey, this is a problem and you guys better shape up. But really, at the end of this, all signs are pointing to online direct car sales at MSRP. If you're Ford or GM and you really want to control it, and you failing at your other attempts like these, you go, that's it. We're only selling Z06s online. We're only selling, you know, Escalade Vs online. We're only selling Mach-E's and Raptor R's and, and Shelby's and all this stuff online. Um, you know, if you want to go grab an Escape or a regular F-150, they're at the dealers. Uh, but specialty vehicles are, are order only. Yeah, I mean, that is a way to deal with it. Um, <clears throat> and to be honest, if they were to pull that card, like what recourse do the dealers really have? They can stomp their feet all they want. But at the end of the day, it's a really good plan. And my initial thought was, well, if I'm the dealer, I'll just go become a Toyota dealer. But if I'm Toyota, why would I want a failed Ford dealer that broke the rules and didn't play the right way? You know, like like there's just, I feel like, the dealers have just kind of had and held all the leverage for a long time now. And that's one reason why this just got so far out of line. Like they just went completely unchecked for so long. And now they're finally getting that first little check into the boards. 
And um, yeah, man, you might you might start to see some heads rolling because I do think that massive overhaul and change is kind of needed to get this right. Maybe not. You know, there is well, all the impending recession looking at us right now. We we might have a complete failure of an economy where no one can even think about buying a car here in the next couple of years anyway. And that would that would fix this whole thing, too. Definitely see, not what we want, but it would fix the situation. Yeah, it would. And I think that the manufacturers are really desperately trying to rebound from a lack of supply in COVID. And the dealerships are now making that even harder. On top of them trying to rebound from the last two years of, you know, whatever pandemic, they're also trying to frantically figure out the EV stuff. So, like, it sucks to be Ford or GM right now. Make no mistake about that. And so the dealers are just making it that much harder. They're like, guys, we're trying to move some product, you know, and you guys are, are you know, like, we're, we're trying to get past this, and, and you're not letting that happen. And it is going to take everybody working together or a giant recession. Yeah. I mean, it's just what it's, what it's going to be. Dude, speaking of problems the manufacturers are facing, what about the fact that there's still probably fields and warehouses full of vehicles that were made in 2020 and 2021 that still have to, that you got to do something with them. They still have to be sold. Mm-hmm. See, that's where you're honestly going to need your dealers to step up and do something. Like, like I, I guarantee there's still a bunch of 2020 vehicles out there somewhere that have dry rotted flat spotted tires and have not been started ever and they're just needing that freaking chip that little freaking chip and they just don't have it yet and they're finally going to get it and then someone's going to have to buy a brand new yet two-year-old sitting around for the last two years vehicle what, what are they going to do with those things are they going to yeah. Are they going to rebadge them and call them 2023s? I mean, what are they going to do? When you start all of a sudden seeing, oh, 7,000 cash back, you know you're buying a car that's been sitting for two years through yeah. two summers, two winters, you know? Um, so, yeah, check the tires. Uh, you know, I, I, what I would do is limit production now, and when somebody orders a white F-150, you go, hey, Go grab a white F-150 out of the field, you know, and whatever, put this and this on it and send it. Um, that's, that's what I would do until you can, you know, so your production's going slower. You're moving those out and then it'll finally all kind of catch up. But I think people are going to be buying 2023 cars that were technically made in 2021. Now, they won't say 2021, you know. Um, so just pay attention to what kind of car you're buying. Build, I don't know. See, I don't know what the rules are when it comes to like VIN, because I, I assume that once those cars are completed, they get stamped with a VIN plate. And then that VIN is basically it's it's birth certificate. It's the vehicle identification number. Can they go back and change that to a 2022 car or is, is it what it is? I don't know. I'm sure there's some shisty games they can play there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure in 30 years there'll be a documentary on what really went down. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, that's just whatever. We just want to do a you know quick little discussion on that's what that's what's going on. Um, for better or worse, whether it works or not, whether you agree with it or not, at least uh, the manufacturers are trying to do something to get 
us really enthusiasts to be able to get cars that we want to get without getting stuck in delays and then getting bent over on prices. Um, and also, I guess, you know, just to say it one more time, like it ain't, it's not black and white. Not all dealers are crooks. Um, sure. Some are, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and at the, at the end of the day, find somebody that you trust, you know, I've had great dealership experiences. I actually, just to close it out, like I am the type of person, I want to go in there and be seduced by the Shelby sitting inside that's bright red and all of its glory. You know, like seeing it like that makes me very impulsive. It makes me buy. It makes me feel like there is an opportunity that's been put forth by God himself wants me to have this car, you know, and then when you have the dealer guy, you know, salesman slap the hood and say, buddy, old pal, you're awesome. And because you're awesome, I'm going to make you a deal on this car. We need to move it. It's the end of the month, blah, blah, blah. But you feel good. You feel like you're getting a deal. They are putting a time limit on it. Whereas online, there is no time limit. You can always just go, nah, close it. I got to go, you know, and you come back later. There's no real like come on let's do this right now come on let's what do we got to do to make it happen um so i have always been the one that likes to shop online to find real cars in local dealerships and then go look at those cars that's always been me but the dealers have effed this up so bad in the last two years by being greedy that now i'm the exact same guy that's like, screw it, man. If I can get it online, if it is a specialty car, you know, anything from an 8.6 to a Type R to a Raptor R now, I, I, I would just rather buy it online and not have to screw with it and pay MSRP. It used to be I wanted to get a deal off MSRP. Now I just feel grateful to get it for MSRP. But yeah. even still, that takes, that takes the energy of the moment out of it for me. You know, if you're there and they're saying, look, this Type R is $40,000, but right now, you know, we can get you this one for thirty-seven. You feel a call to action. If I can go online tomorrow and get it for $40,000 or next week and get it for $40,000 or next month and probably get it for $41,000, the way prices are going up, like, mm -hmm. I'm just not going to pull the trigger. That's one of the many reasons I'm just not into a Tesla. I just don't. You're. What? Wait, you make like three cars in like four different colors and they're always the same price? Like, wow, well, what is the incentive to do this? Like, there's just absolutely no reason to do it and pull the trigger today unless you just needed a car. Oh, my car broke. I'll just get this one. But then have fun waiting for two months and bumming rides and riding bird scooters or whatever the hell they do. Two months, way longer than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. So anyway. I guess that's about it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it as always. Check out the website. Uh, I introduced this last week, um, but we have an app that's coming out. It's not quite there yet. It's close. Really, man, it's close. Me and Willie were working on the finishing touches uh, earlier today. I think you guys are really going to like it. You'll be able to listen to all the podcasts on there, along with every other piece of content that we make as well. Anyway, we're stoked about it. Thank you again for listening. Y'all take care.